Hi everyone and welcome back to this week's episode of Romance and Color. I'm your resident romance writer and reader, one half of the duo here at Romance and Color, Tati Richardson. Thanks for coming back and joining us. This week we have an interview with author Monique Fisher, my fellow romance writer and comic book head and geek. We're going to talk about her debut novel, Where There's Smoke, There's Fire, as well as her writing process and how her love of screenplays and theater kind of ties into her uh, writing process as a romance writer. And in our What is Book Talk reading segment, we have the cute and bubbly Janae, aka Nay Days, who's going to talk about uh, some books that she's been feeling and that the entire Book Talk community has been really really buzzing about so without further ado you all sit back and relax and enjoy this interview with my good sis and friend Monique Fisher hi everyone I am here with author Monique uh, Fisher we're going to be talking about her debut novel and what made her make the transition from comic book geek to a romance author. So welcome, Monique. Welcome to the Romance and Color podcast. Thank you, Tati. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm still a comic book geek. That ain't never going to go. <laughs> that's why I was saying. That's why I want to talk about because I feel like we soulmates. So I'm going to just say this right now. I feel like we soulmates because I, too, am a comic book geek. You know what I mean? Like, I... Comic books are definitely one of my first loves and romance is probably my second. So it's just like to find somebody who's also like into comics and stuff and, and also into romance. I'm like, what? I was like, what's up, Monique? Okay. If you're we, into we, theater too, then we could be best friends because I was a theater geek. And co- well, uh, well, I, was, I well, am a theater well, geek I, and I, I majored in that in college. So <laughs> no, I'm, too, I'm too chicken to get on the stage now. I can't sing. I can't act. So I'm too chicken to get on the stage. But I do enjoy I do enjoy the theater I like to go to the theater I like to I love a good musical number musical theater so I do love that but I'm not I'm, I'm unfortunately no I'm not I'm not a theater geek so two out of three eight bad okay <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and I, the question I asked everybody initially is uh what made you fall in love with romance and, and romance uh, novels um well where I'm from I'm from LA born and raised still live here mm-hmm. and um it's funny I've always been like a hopeless romantic like every mm-hmm. time I write anytime I wrote anything there was always like a romance element to it whether mm-hmm. it was a comic book a graphic novel or even when I was trying to break into tv writing there was mm-hmm. always something there for the mm-hmm. most part um growing up like the very first book that I ever fell in love with and that I just immediately connected with I think this is like the answer for every black girl of a certain age is a roll of thunder hear my cry mm-hmm. that was me too mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. and um when I was 12 my mom had a copy of waiting to excel so I started reading that and then I got into my Terry McMillan thing and then after that I got into my Eric Drum Dickey thing and then I got into my Zane phase and uh I think, this, I think this is the black girl literary trajectory. I mean, for real. Yeah. I, think, I think we go. <laughs> I think we all go through that phase. <laughs> so, um, and then actually, I took a detour for a minute, and oh, okay. um, 
I started reading Janet Ivanovich's Stephanie Plum books in college because a friend recommended them to me. And it was funny because my mom and I, it's almost like we had our own little book club because I would read a book and then she'd read the book after I was done and then we'd discuss it and we'd talk about like our favorite parts and parts that we liked mm-hmm. and parts that we didn't like so much. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like an official book club, but it was um, my love of reading definitely came from her. Um, but romance specifically, I kind of just got into romance about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I read um, I read The Wedding Date by um, Jasmine Guillory, and then mm-hmm. I started reading Mia Sosa's books, and then I started reading um, Farah Rashawn, and Farah mm-hmm. is like one of my favorites. I absolutely love her. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've read all three of the Boyfriend Project books, mm-hmm. and this last one, um, that was my favorite one. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, mine too, yeah. Yeah, so, and now I'm also just discovering a lot more um, Black women romance writers. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of a late bloomer, but I definitely have um, dove in and I dove in head first. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, I, I want to read these. I want to write these. I am all about romance. So let me go ahead and let me just, I, it's kind of like one of those things where it was like, why didn't I do this sooner? I thought, this, I thought the same yeah. thing when it came to comic books. I'm like, I've loved comic books since I was a kid. Why didn't I write these sooner? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I've always been a hopeless romantic. Why didn't I write this sooner? Yeah, yeah. But I kind of feel like I, it came at the right time. Mm-hmm. So it may, I, even though I probably could have gotten into it sooner, I feel like it really did come at the right time. Like, because mm-hmm. I've been writing ever since I was 10. Yeah. And I've been writing in different forms, just trying to find what my niche is. Mm-hmm. And I really think that I found it with uh, romance writing and with comic books. And you know what, even to an extent with TV writing, I may try to dive back into that later. But for now, I think I'm definitely in my bag with um, comics <laughs> and with romance writing because I just I wanna, I really I love it. I want to learn more about you and TV writing. Like, I know you're in well, LA. I live in LA, sweetie. So this is the yeah. place. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, I know that people like come out here to like, um, on vacation and then they're mm-hmm. like oh I want to see celebrities I want to see celebrities duh, duh, duh. and I don't know they'll do the little bus tour in Hollywood and stuff yeah, yeah. And I'm like yeah. you want to see celebrities just like go to like Brentwood or in the west side or if you go out on the east side go to like um Eagle Rock or something like that and just walk into a Starbucks <laughs> right you'll see somebody yeah. you'll see somebody <laughs> I remember yeah. my husband and I we were in Brentwood and we walked into um Whole Foods, and I forgot Homeboy's name, but he played um, Sabretooth in one of the Wolverine movies. Mm-hmm. And we walked by, and we we're like, "Oh, it's Homeboy from that movie." <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's, that's just kind of how it happens. You can literally just walk into a Starbucks. And it's like, "Oh, snap!" There's Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's funny because when you're an LA native, there's like a unspoken rule when you see a celebrity, you don't walk up to them. Right, because you let them just live their life, especially if they're if they're with their kids. Yeah, just let them do their thing. Yeah, um, you can if you're at like at an event or something. Because I, uh, being a theater major, I ended up working in a lot of performing arts organizations. I still mm-hmm. work at one right now. Mm-hmm. And one of the performing arts organizations I worked at was the Pasadena Playhouse, which is one of the most well-known theater companies in the country. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, and we um, this is a long time ago. We did uh. I'm about to like geek, I'm about to like fangirl right now because I am a huge huge fan of the Jackson family, particularly mm-hmm. Michael and Janet. Mm-hmm. And this was in 2007, so this is two years before Michael passed. Mm. And 
um, we were having the 10 year anniversary of the artistic director at the time. And uh-huh. all of a sudden Jackie Jackson, the oldest of the Jackson brothers comes up and he uh, asked ask for a glass of champagne. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> Jackson. Oh, I'm just, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, I gotta say something. Come on, I gotta say something. I'm like, oh my God, I love you. I love your family. I love all y'all, I love Michael, Janet, Toya, Reeby, all y'all. <laughs> And he's just laughing. He's like, thank you. He goes, you know, the and this is a sad part though, because this was supposed to happen, but then Michael uh-huh. passed. Uh-huh. Um, apparently, like after Michael's tour was going to be done, the brothers were going to reunite again. And yeah, uh, I heard you know, we're getting ready to reunite again. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Michael too. And he was like, yeah, Michael too. So that oh, was like man. one of my um, fondest memories as far as like celebrity sightings. And mm-hmm. I got like a tons of stories about that because just being in the theater world, you're still kind of in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. in a way. And mm-hmm. also just like knowing friends of mine who are um, television writers, you just kind mm-hmm. of still are like entertainment um, industry adjacent. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I met yeah. Issa Rae before um, Insecure happened. Like wow. when, was, when Insecure was getting developed, I met her. Mm-hmm. And it was at a symposium that we're having for um, this television writing course that I was taking. It was a screenwriting course because there's all these, there are all sorts of classes and courses that you could take out here to get break into the industry. Mm-hmm. And some of them are legit, some of them are scams, but the ones that I always got involved in were always <laughs> legit. And right. I got to meet her and she was really cool. And it was literally like maybe, I don't know, man, like four years before um insecure happened i think mm-hmm. it was when awkward black girl was still on youtube still on, yeah. yeah but yeah that's um but I, I did take a lot of classes and actually met one of my um closest friends and my writing partner um I, she's my writing partner for um graphic novels and comics her mm-hmm. name is natasha hall and she actually is a television writer she mm-hmm. writes for let me google it because i didn't know the answer from the last interview that i did <laughs> And I felt embarrassed because I was like, oh, Tasha, girl, I'm so sorry. I forgot the name of the show you write for. <laughs> but she writes for a show on um, Hulu. It's a Hulu original show that um, begins with a P. And I don't remember the dang old name. <laughs> a P and P. I, I, I watched a lot of Hulu shows. Hmm. Let me think. Yeah, I, I can't remember right now. I'm sorry, Tasha. I love you. But um, she she writes for a show on Hulu right now. And she previously wrote for um, Virgin River on Netflix. Oh, God, I love that. Yeah. Um, episode five for season four, she wrote that episode. Mm. and I'm always joking with her I'm like when you get nominated for an Emmy and a Golden Globe I'm gonna be right there on the red carpet with you uh Mm -hmm. hobnobbing and stuff because you're taking me with you and she was like I know (laughs) so but yeah it's um I met her and we started uh we actually were in a class that was for genre that was specifically for genre Mm -hmm. and um I'm a big sci-fi geek too and so Mm -hmm. is she and I had an idea and I said, you know, I, I can't write this by myself. I need somebody to write this with. I'm going to ask Tasha, she can write it for me. And so we basically became writing partners like since 2014. Wow. And um, a couple of years back, we decided, you know what? Instead of doing this by ourselves, let's just get a gang of Black women who love comic books and mm. we'll make a comic book anthology together. So mm. we got our friend Allison involved, our friend Bree is involved, and we're called the BFCC. It's Black Female Comics Collab. 
Mm. And it's basically a bunch of Black women writers and Black women artists from all over the U.S. and Canada. And we're working, we've been doing this for years, girl. It's it's kind of like we all have, we're all busy and we're all doing other stuff. Yeah, so yeah. We're still trying to work work it out, but we're working on a comic book anthology. Uh-huh. And um, the basic theme is that I think for everybody's story, the main character is a Black girl who has some sort of um, superpower. And we're working with the ladies of Hex Comics. There's some, they're indie comics publishers and they're basically gonna like present us because they're legit. So if they um, present us by saying, hey, we know these ladies, they know what you're doing. They're awesome. Then we- Man, why why y'all ain't call me, man? Like, I I wanna wanna hop in on this. Why y'all ain't call me? I I feel like I I got something to, I I can tweet something real quick and add it to the comic. Jeez, I mean, I can't draw nothing, but no, I definitely no, can write don't. something. I mean, we, have, we have artists, so don't worry about that, because I can't draw a stick figure. So, <laughs> I mean, no, I can write, no. but I can't draw a stick figure to save my life. Like, if you see my um my profile on Twitter and on Instagram, yeah. the yeah. illustration, yeah. Uh, yeah. one of the artists who's part of the BFCC, and she also was uh, an artist for a graphic novel that I did called Susan mm-hmm. Kim. It was like a... um action romance sort of thing we have two uh, issues that have been out for about two years now and mm-hmm. we're kind of on pause right now hopefully we'll get be able to start that, that back up again shout mm-hmm. out to her her name is jackie smith she's amazing mm-hmm. uh yeah she did my um profile for um twitter and for instagram and she did the um artwork for susan mm-hmm. king so mm-hmm. i kind of know what it's like to be published because it's for a web comic uh, company yeah um Oh my God, why is my brain not working today? <laughs> I am so sorry. Yeah. Uh, why do I not remember this? But I've seen oh, Evan I've is going to be so mad at me because he's the guy who runs it. And I <laughs> totally just forgot. I've, I've, I, I took a look at it though, and I, I saw it online on your on your um, profile. And I was just fascinated because I was like, wow, she's doing like a, a comic too. And it has like some romance, some suspense, some crime little crimp crime you know element to it yeah, it's like a crime romancing macroverse macroverse media that's what it's called <laughs> i'm sorry evan evan is <laughs> the person who runs it and i literally just forgot the name but yeah it's called cool. macroverse media and that's where susan keem is on okay and the first two issues have been out like i said for a couple of years hopefully we'll be able to um start back on that soon but you know i've been busy Jackie's been busy <laughs> so, so how, how, how are you like in all the you're in like these like the screenwriting lane in the in 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 theater in in writing for comics and now writing for romance how did all of these things kind of inform themselves to your own writing style because I'm curious because you you got your hand in so much so much stuff and so so many different styles how does this like inform the way you write or the way you approach writing writing in a way um well i guess the way all of this uh all of my um experience for informing the way that i write romance novels i never Mm. really thought about it i'm not really even it's just it's something that i've done for so long that it just feels like muscle memory at this point (laughs) Mm. and there's times don't get me wrong it's not like you know i can write a draft that's just you know perfect because nobody can do that <laughs> right 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 you know i just recently had like a, a holiday short that i'm planning on um releasing and sending out to my subscribers 
on December 20th, fingers crossed. And then I want to have it available on my website on Christmas day. And my friend, um, I call her Chris, but she goes by the pen name of Carmen Lee. Check her out. She's amazing. Uh, she just like kind of proofread it for me. And she had like all these quotes, all these questions and stuff. She's like, uh, why did he do that? Dude, what's going on with this? And, oh, this is, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's a good question. I don't know why I put that. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, I think it's definitely like made my writing stronger, but you know, obviously, ain't, no, ain't nobody perfect. But um, right, right, I think right. like doing it for so long has just kind of like made me a stronger writer. I mm-hmm. want to say. But mm-hmm. I think uh, when you're a writer, if you do different, I recommend doing different types like comic books, graphic novels, screenwriting, you know, novel writing, do all of it because, you know, you never know. Knowing how to do all of it um, and also knowing how it all is formatted and how it all comes together, that can only help you. That can only help strengthen your craft. Yeah, and, and, that's multiple, that, you know, and that's multiple streams of income right now though you know what i mean <laughs> like, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the money it's multiple streams of income that's what we try to get to the money <laughs> exactly and you never know and you're like uh, suppose you know fingers crossed suppose somebody wants to make where there's smoke into a movie or something like that then or some other um novel that i write and then they're like okay well you know uh we can bring on so-and-so to write the screenplay I'm like no you don't have to because i already know how to write screenplay so i can do it <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. exactly so i just think that you know knowing different forms uh whether because i know that um there's different formats there's like comic books and graphic novels and screenwriting have a similar format but it's not mm-hmm. exact because uh-huh. um you have to you have um word bubbles and thought bubbles and captions and stuff like that that you don't or that you don't have in screenwriting Mm -hmm. so there are similarities but there are there are differences and I think that it can only help you to know how to do all sorts of types all types of writing Mm -hmm. so like I still have like ideas for um graphic novels like me and Tasha we're always talking that's my friend Natasha um Natasha Hall who writes for Hulu we have been talking for years we're like Black Game of Thrones I have an idea and I shared it with her and she was like that would be great we need to do that and we've been trying to do it for years but like I said we're both really really busy but we have like an idea for a Black Game of Thrones basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so because we like we like fantasy too so Yeah, and also I think that it really helps just know how to write different genres too. Uh-huh. I know a lot of people will try to like pigeonhole, like even in um, television writing, there are these um, fellowships that each network does and mm-hmm. you have to be either a drama writer or a comedy writer. You may know how to do both, but you need to be able to brand yourself as one or the other because right. you're going to want your agent to send you out on, you know, to find you a job writing for a show and they need to know which one you can write so if you uh, do any of the fellowships there's usually like a list of shows Mm -hmm. um for you to write a spec script for and it's like if you write drama here are the list of shows you can choose from if you write comedy here are the list of shows you can choose from now if the show that you want to write a spec for isn't listed you could always contact the people and then say hey can I write a spec for this and they may say yes they may say no but you have to uh, brand yourself as one or the other and if you're like in the um the industry and you're actually like have gotten jobs and stuff then you can try to figure out a way to say you know what I 
people uh, know me as drama, but I know how to do comedy too. That's right. a point for me too. Right. So let me go ahead and try and see if I could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how how feasible that is nowadays because uh, mm-hmm. I haven't been in um, I haven't been in that world for a minute. But mm-hmm. it's, it's if you're a strong enough writer and if you have people behind you, then it's, it's possible that you could do it. But yeah it just it just depends but you do have to brand yourself as one or the other that's that's something that we was impressed upon us in every single class that I took you're mm. the one or you're the other you can't try to say oh I'm a hybrid or I'm both or whatever because they don't play that <laughs> yeah so. yeah but luckily in romance you don't you, you're not limited to doing that yeah I love that's one of the reasons yeah. why I love it I'm like okay I can write a searing you know adult contemporary drama or one minute and I can write a rom-com the next and then I can write some paranormal shit and then I can write some <laughs> historical yeah. shit but mm-hmm. like for now like uh where there's smoke it has funny moments in it but I wouldn't call it a rom-com mm-hmm. even though it's funny because um I think people seem to have this uh idea that if it's an illustrated cover it's on my automatically a rom-com. right right and right. um you see my cover I don't think it says rom-com, but... Um, no, it says sexiness. Yeah. <laughs> that Thank you. Says sexiness. You Thank know, he you. grabbed it up on her booty and stuff. That says sexiness. <laughs> uh-huh. I was going to yeah, say, I Smoke love likes Kara, Smoke mm-hmm. likes Kara's ass a lot. <laughs> yes, yes, Yeah, yes. but it's... Um, it, I always... Uh, I Whenever I would, um, you know, plug it on Twitter or whatever, I would always say adult contemporary romance it has high heat it has family drama it has trans representation it has this it has that but not once did I ever use the word rom-com because it's not and even when me and Lenny were talking about the cover I was like I want I obviously I want to illustrate a cover and shout out to Lenny Coffin she's amazing she's a genius I wanted to make sure that people didn't see it and they think oh rom-com oh funny Mm because for whatever reason people seem to think that whenever they see um an illustrated cover and yeah. for me when I see an illustrated cover unless it you know obvious to me it's, it's kind of obvious when it's a rom-com yeah like if yeah, they're yeah. Like looking at each other and it's they're the really body language yeah. way or something yeah like, oh this is supposed to be funny but mm-hmm. the way that Smoke and Kara are looking at each other it's like you know we are deeply in love mm-hmm. for it for me mm-hmm. and that's uh, what I wanted to come across on the cover so yeah, so let's, talk about, let's that. talk about it. Let's talk about your first, your first romance novel where there's smoke, there is fire. Where did the idea come from? And and where did you like it was like, okay, I'm gonna transition and write this 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 romance, this adult contemporary romance. We're gonna go back two years to 2020. Mm-hmm. And COVID was like at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I was working from home. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of time on my hands and I was like, oh snap, I could get some writing done. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, um, I don't know where the story like really came from. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I'm terrible at titles. I am not good at titles at all. I spoke to like um my girl uh Bella J. Mm-hmm. I her real name is Precious Rogers, but I call her I call her Presh just mm-hmm. that because uh, well, whenever I call it press people are kind of like who's that and I'm like Bella J <laughs> right 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 um uh, she's really good at titles and she and I were talking about that and I was like I'm just like uh fuck it I'm just gonna name it after a song now mm-hmm. where there's smoke 
isn't named after a small song, but it was a, supposed to be a placeholder title. And so I thought of something better and I just never thought of something better. Right, 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 so, right. So I was like, whatever, his nickname is Smoke, where there's smoke, whatever. <laughs> so okay, when I works. first thought of it, it wasn't, because a lot of people when I did the cover reveal, they were like, oh my God, I love the cover. I love the title. The title's so great. I'm like, cool, thank you. I did not really give her much thought to it. I just came up with it. The idea itself, I decided, you know, I want to do, because when you think of epic love story, to me, you probably think, well, historical, you know, something mm-hmm. like, um, I'm Asian myself. Um, what is that thing called? What was that called? Like the Thornbirds or something like that? You know, girl, yeah, the Thornbirds. We, I think we the same age. Yes, girl. Yeah, Thornbirds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you think of something like that. You think of something that's kind of historical. And I thought, you know what? epic love story that's contemporary with black folks mm-hmm. where and i um i know that the hea is important and right. i thought you know i'm gonna have the hea but i'm gonna have the hea happen in like chapter eight and then we're gonna have like 18 or 19 more chapters <laughs> and so they gonna get together and then we're gonna see what happens after that's why when i when it, if you go on my website you'll see it's described as you know, uh, Aaron and Kara's um, relationship is what happens after the HEA. So you get to see yes. all the stuff yeah. that happens after they decide to be together. And be- being together, deciding that you're going to commit to a person and be with them and be in a relationship with them. Uh, love isn't always enough. <laughs> love, is a good, love is a good starting point, but it's not enough. You got to have respect for each other. You got to trust each other. There has to be a lot more there. Mm-hmm. And these two people love each other so much and are committed to each other so much that um, whatever problems or whatever roadblocks they see that come in their way, they do whatever they can to get past them because that's how much they want to be together. That's how committed they are to being together. That's how much they trust each other. That's how much they love each other. That's how much they respect each other. Mm-hmm. And so life is life. You, you know, yeah. life is basically one damn thing after another. Yeah. One minute you think something else is done, something else pops up. Whether mm-hmm. it's family drama, kids, career changes, death, whatever. Something mm-hmm. happens that um, oftentimes tests your metal, it tests mm-hmm. you your relationship. And that's what I decided to show throughout this book. So they meet, they have casual hookups, they fall in love, they end up being together, but then the rest of the book is what happens after that. Mm. And it's funny because I noticed a lot of people while I was writing the book or while I was like finishing it up, I noticed a lot of people on Twitter saying stuff like that. They're like, I would like to read a romance novel where, you know, you, you see them together, but you'll also just kind of see what happens after they got together. And right. I'm just like, when I'm reading stuff like that, I'm like, hold on, hold, I'm still working on it. I got it for y'all. <laughs> just give me a minute. But yeah. yeah, that's pretty much what I decided I was going to do. And yeah. I think, it, and it takes place over the span of 15 years and it takes mm. place over like every five years. So it's, it starts off in 2007 and then you go into 2012 and then you go into 2017. And then what I did was I split the last five years into three years. So you go to 2020 and then two years and then you're in 2022. So mm. it's just basically every few years you see the different milestones in their life having a baby, career changes, mm-hmm. death in a family, and then uh, just at the final, um, not the final year of them being together, obviously, because uh, in my mind, they are together forever. They're one of those couples that you're like, 
they were together, married for 60 years, and he died, and then like two months later, she died. <laughs> so yeah, we yeah, have yeah. the Karen Aaron R. <laughs> but mm. it ends at 2022, 20, and we see them in this place where they're just kind of like settled into, you know, who they are as individuals and as a couple. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they're kind of like reflecting on the past few years because the one of the last chapters is them at a restaurant celebrating 15 years of being together and then just kind of like reflecting on all the stuff that's happened to them in their life. Some of the stuff is stuff that the reader has seen in the previous chapters and some of it's stuff that um, the readers are learning about right then. I know a lot, I know for a lot of romance readers, they want like this fantastical happily ever after. But I think with your book, you've proven that contentment (laughs) is a happily ever after. You know what I'm saying? It's not being settled. It's just being content and happy and, and, you know, vibing. That's, that's a happily ever after too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting because what you, you're saying that kind of reminds me of something that one of my, a, the ARC readers said to me, she said, and this was so, so wonderful. She, mm-hmm. um, she said, I've written, a, she said, I've read a lot of romance novels and mm-hmm. I've read a lot of uh, male main characters. And she said, Aaron to me is one of the most well-written male main characters I've seen mm. in a long time. And she goes, hey, he's not a millionaire. He doesn't have all this money and stuff. He is an everyman. He is just Every an everyday man. dude who shows up, loves yeah. his wife, loves, loves on his wife, loves his kids, mm-hmm. and takes care of his family. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted. Because um, mm-hmm. for those who haven't read the book, go out and read it. <laughs> you can yes. get it on my website. It's moniquefisherauthor.com. <laughs> Fisher does not have a C in it. It's no. like Carrie Fisher, recipe yeah. Princess Leia. <laughs> yeah. So it's moniquefisherauthor.com, one whole word. The ebook is out. The paperbacks will be out soon. Are we getting um, an audiobook? I am going to do audiobook, but that's going to be a little bit later. Okay. But the thing is, that's one of the great things about being in LA. All I got to do is just be like, hey, I need like a couple of black actors. I need a black <laughs> trans woman actor, a black uh, cis woman actor, and a black yeah. man actor. Like, uh, come out, come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, hopefully I'll get some responses. And um, just speaking, you know, shout out to... Giselle James, she was my sensitivity reader. She is a uh, black trans woman who is a poet. I, um, when I was writing the book, the character of Janae, who was the best friend and kind of like a doctor sister of Kara, mm-hmm. uh, she was gonna be cis. And then uh, all these trans sisters were being murdered. And I was like, mm, this mm. is, I'm not one of these people who's for censorship. I'm totally against censorship. Yes. And I'm not one of those people, I always say this, I don't think that rap music or video games are going to corrupt our children. But right. I do think that media does influence how we see other people. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to write a character that was a trans Black woman where it wasn't just about her being trans. It was also the fact that she is a math geek. She's a neat freak. She loves Hard. she loves her family she loves Kara she loves smoke she has her own little happily ever after when she meets Rod and you know she's auntie Janae to um Aaron and Kara's kids she's a, she's a she, whole she's person their godmother yeah. so I wanted to show the whole gamut 
Mm-hmm. And I went ahead and I got a sensitivity reader. Shout out to Lucy Eden because she, uh, she's the one who hooked me up with the website that I found Giselle on. And mm-hmm. Giselle and I, uh, she gave me notes and then she and I spoke for two hours and she was like, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I think. This is uh, this is something that I think would work for the character. This is something that I think would work. What do you, what do you think? And it was just, we were just bouncing and just like talking and vibing. And she was just really, really great. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want this to seem like it was going to be, it was like a gimmick or something, or like right. pandering to anybody. Right. I wanted this to be a really fleshed out full character that people would enjoy and that people would fall in love with. And right. um, so far I have about 23 ratings on, um, what you call it? on um amazon mm-hmm. and a lot of the um responses have been you know stuff along the lines of oh i love the relationship between um kara and aaron but this one particular one she said i love the relationship between kara and janae i love how they're bonded like as sisters and stuff and that was really really good and i thought that was really important and i was like oh thank you because that makes me feel like i did my job yeah but, yeah that was definitely something that I thought was important and just you know the fact that just going back to what I was saying before the fact that he's just uh Aaron is just this guy who just loves his family and wants to do right by them mm-hmm. and you know Kara is a woman who loves her man wants to do right by her kids sometimes slips up and but her man is there for her and she's there for him so mm-hmm. that was just something because you know relationships aren't easy they're yeah. not I've been with my husband for 11 years. We've been married for seven. We get on each other's damn nerve. <laughs> but uh, he loves me and I love him. This is a man who literally every weekend takes our children out and uh, will take them up to the mountains, take them up to the desert, will take them out somewhere. That way I can have time alone to write. And he does this every weekend mm. Mm. without fail. Mm. Mm. It's and the small, small things, yeah. So it's like when, when my book came out, he was just telling me how proud he was of me and mm. how happy he was because he saw how uh, much joy writing um, gave me. Mm. And, you know, that's something that, you know, if you, it's like when you find that right person and when you find that person who you know has your back and wants um, what's best for you and doesn't feel threatened by any of that, that's that's amazing. And that's, uh, that's exactly what um, Kara and Aaron have. And mm-hmm. a lot of that was taken from my own relationship with my husband. So. Mm-hmm. You better, you better preach, Monique, because that's the truth. <laughs> you, got, you gotta have somebody. Uh, no, real talk. That's real talk. If people need to hear that, if you're going to go into this, being a writer, and it's not easy. It could be solitary. It could be lonely. But when you have a partner who understands that you need that quiet time, you need that space to be creative. You need that space to write. Um, and my husband is much, much the same way um you know he'll take my daughter out to he'll he'll corral her downstairs and they'll build legos or whatever just to get out my hair you know but yeah it 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 takes a special type of partner to understand that you have a creative mind and you need that space to write to create to even just even if you're not writing just to sit and think for a couple hours to get yourself together you know what i'm saying (laughs) 
No, but seriously though, Chachi, like I will literally be in my room, be in our bedroom with my mm -hmm. headphones on. He'll be downstairs with the babies. They'll be like, I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old and both mm -hmm. my children are autistic. So mm -hmm. and they have developmental delays. So mm -hmm. oftentimes the seven-year-old will get really, really hyped up, really, really hyper. And he has to be there to like, kind of like calm him down. They'll mm -hmm. watch, um, you know, PBS Kids or Octonauts or Peppa Pig. That's their, mm -hmm. that's their shit. They love Peppa. So, <laughs> so they'll be watching something like that meanwhile i'm upstairs pacing back and forth listening to the renaissance album because i got ideas just like swirling in the back <laughs> and i'll think of something funny and i'll start laughing to myself he'll open the door maybe to go grab something for the kids and he'll just see me and he'll just be like okay whatever and then just walk right out <laughs> and i even told him i said if you see me walking back and forth do you see me kind of talking to myself just yeah just ignore it i'm just, I'm he, just he understands I'm, the process yeah, he understands the process it's like yeah, that's the process. the process that's what i'm doing because like for my next book like i said i can't think of titles to save my life so my um next book is named after a song um again showing my age it's called hot for teacher after the van halen song <laughs> oh yeah 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 and um <laughs> going to be a trilogy for the Richardson siblings and the first one is Latrice the second sibling is Thaddeus and the third sibling is Nadia and the overall trilogy is going to be an introduction into my rom-com universe because I'm going to be in my rom-com bag for a minute <laughs> and it's kind of like my answer to the MCU but with rom-coms where there's tie-ins and spin-offs and easter eggs and stuff like that so you want to hear something writing funny that right now you want to hear something funny Monique real talk this is so funny your, your character in your book's last name is Matthews. That's my maiden name. My married name is Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I'm just there laughing. I'm like, yeah, my maiden. It was Matthews with one T, but um, Matthews, but yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a coincidence. My name. That's a coincidence. Monique don't know me like that, y'all. She just, <laughs> just picked names. <laughs> I mean, I probably will eventually like steal people's names. Like, what should I name this character? And then I'll probably just be on Twitter and then I'll see like Nicole Falls. I'll be like, whatever, Nicole, I'm gonna name her Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nicole's like, hold I'll probably on. end up stealing like you, you I'll end up stealing your guys' names. Yo, Lord, my name, my name is too long to be putting in some book. It's not, I told somebody, I said, it's not moanable. It's not one of those names that you moan. Like, you know, I don't have a name that like a, a, a romance character moan, would Tati. moan. You can moan that. <laughs> my, my, my full name is Tatiana. You cannot moan that. You but, can moan Tatiana. You can probably moan no, it. <laughs> uh, unless you're a Russian crime boss, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. Oh, Lord. So, in publishing this first book, what have you, what's been like the biggest lesson that you've learned so far? Or any, have you learned any lessons? Let's see. Probably the biggest lesson that I learned was definitely to take my time mm -hmm. and um, just really just to take my time. That's what I'm going to do with this next book. Mm -hmm. I, uh, this book, uh, Weather Smoke, I love how it came out, but I do wish that I had, because um, I gave myself a steadfast deadline. I'm like, it's coming out November 23rd. Mm -hmm. And I was just really like adamant about that. Yeah, and I'm yeah. trying to be a little bit more chill about it for this next book. Mm -hmm. I, um, it's the here's the basic um, concept. Uh, Latrice Richardson is a 38 year old divorced single mother. She's never done anything reckless in her life. She decides to have a one night stand. She has one with this fine ass 29 year old man named Nathan. Mm. 
and mm. he's got body he's fine as hell <laughs> i think the girls are gonna love it and yeah. a few days later she finds out that he is now her son's new teacher <laughs> christ <laughs> so yeah we we follow them on their little adventure towards their hea but maybe i should release it in september you know it's a teacher book it's a book with a teacher in it and school nah. starts like that and i'm like you know what i must let me not do that let, let it let it come that. let it be ready when it's ready but i love the concept already i'm ready for it I yeah i'm having fun i'm writing it right now and i'm having fun i can't, right I can't just imagine because like i just wrote a scene today where um they have like a, the school like fundraiser at a carnival and nathan's in the dunk tank and he just got in he just was in the dunk tank and he just came out and I have Latrice like staring at him and she's uh I keep aging myself but she's she's staring at him like um he's Phoebe Cates in Fast Times in Rich Mahal when she comes yes. out of the street <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like that where he comes out of the dunk tank and she's just staring at him like oh my god oh my god oh i cannot wait to read this but i cannot wait to read this one oh and lenny's doing the cover for that one too so we're gonna work together on in april for that one oh man i can't wait to see it i okay put me on put me on a list for cover reveal i i would definitely put it up on romance and color and stuff i i, I love first of all i love you i love and i love lenny's work too so yeah, I'll, I'll be ready to, to to promote that as well. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you talked about your kids and your husband and um, how you try to balance your life and your and your your writing schedule. But what happens when you're like stuck and you don't know how to break through? It's not necessarily a writer's block, but you're just kind of like in the weeds and you're kind of stuck and you don't know where to go in your writing. What do you do to kind of, kind of, you know, get out of that? back. I stop writing and I read because I'm always I'm always like reading something while mm-hmm. I'm writing too. Mm-hmm. Like I just finished my um friend Kayla's book. Um I like you like that. It's really good, it's really cute. Mm-hmm. Um it's what is it? It's enemies to friends to lovers, because they used to be friends and then they like had a falling out and mm-hmm. they see each other all these years later and then they're kind of like enemies and then they become friends again and then they become lovers it's a really cute book mm-hmm. so I just finished that and right now I'm reading Olivia Dade's book Shipwrecked and then mm-hmm. after that I'm saving um I told Jay Nicole her uh, her book Somebody Somewhere I'm yeah. saving that for like the Chris I told her I was like I'm saving that for like Christmas because I'm gonna have me a nice cup of hot chocolate with maybe some liquor in it yes. and like cozy up underneath the bracelet because it's like a nice small town romance because she said she described it as a Hallmark movie but with lots of with black people and lots of sex I'm like I'm there <laughs> so I'm saving that that's gonna be like my nice little cozy read so I'm saving that afterwards but yeah, I'm always reading something even while I'm writing. So mm-hmm. if I find myself blocked, then I'll take a step back and then just, you know, read whatever it is that I'm reading at the moment. Or maybe I'll watch a movie or I just, I step away from the computer and I step away from the writing for a bit. And I just do something else that's um, to me writing related, but isn't necessarily clacking on the keyboards. So yeah. I'll do something like that. And usually that helps to what I call it, reboot my brain. <laughs> it helps to reboot my brain that way when I come back and I sit down, I'm like, oh, okay, I got this. I know what to do now. So I usually do that for like maybe, I think the longest I've done that was maybe a week and then I'll come mm-hmm. back. But for, I usually do it for a few days and it usually helps. Mm-hmm. And another, you've named a lot of, of, of folks who are in the romance 
genre lucy even jayden cole other people that are kind of like your community a writer that you kind of lean on um how has that kind of helped you with your own writing process to kind of have that community of other writers particularly other oh it's helped tremendously because yeah. you know shout out to tasha l harrison and word makers those are my people because mm-hmm. that's where i get a lot of my writing done mm-hmm. um we have <laughs> the group that uh, meets up at night we're called the write owls it's um me chris d lisa renee who's all the way in australia with the scary animals yeah we'll be uh sometimes we'll be up sometimes i'll do the morning ones and uh mika hosts uh that those ones mika james uh-huh. uh, mika is an g- amazing writer and she's also a really great beta reader i mean like this girl is thorough with the notes that she gives you so if you ever want a beta reader go to mika james because she's amazing mm-hmm. anyways so i'll do like writing sprints with them sometimes in the morning and sometimes at night and it really helps because after the sprint is over we'll check in with each other how many mm-hmm. words did you get in yeah. what are you doing what are you working on sometimes uh it's not even about getting the words in. sometimes we'll say you know what i'm not even really doing anything right now i'm just here to hang out with y'all and i'm just here for the vibes and yeah. like the energy is always really positive it's always really great you know um when i was really nervous and scared because this was not just my debut novel this is my first time writing a novel period mm-hmm. so i was really nervous really scared I made the mistake of seeing a negative review and I was really like deep in my feelings and I was really upset about that because I want to be perfectly honest with you but I'm going to be candid. I suffer greatly from anxiety. I have severe anxiety problems. And so when I um, mm-hmm. saw that, it really kind of fucked with my mental health. Mm-hmm. And one of the people who's in there is Margot Hendricks. Shout out to Margot. And she spoke, mm-hmm. sat me down and talked me down for like 20 minutes to um, mm-hmm. calm me down. She was like, you're focusing on the wrong thing. She goes, this is what you need to be focusing on. Your book is out. There's people out there who like it. There's people out there who are buying it. You're making money. Focus yeah. on that. And I'm like, what? Thank you, Margo. Because I was yeah. I was just like, oh my God, somebody didn't like my book. I was just like all in my feelings <laughs> really. about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. a spiraling girl. <laughs> and, yeah. But you know, she really, she sat me down and she's talked to me for 20 minutes. Even after the sprint was over, she still continued talking to me. So it'll make me feel better. And then um, she was like, you ever need to come to me? You ever need to talk to me? Let me know. So, you know, I found a group of these wonderful, amazing writers, you know, and all these uh, amazing readers and people that are on Twitter that I interact with pretty much on a daily basis. So, yeah, I mean, I found you. I found, um, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I'm in word makers too. Corey. I found all these amazing, really wonderful people. And I'm just, I'm grateful for it. I don't know what to, else to say. <laughs> yeah, I can't. First of all, I'm in word makers too, but I can't be up late at night because I got to go to bed. But <laughs> I, I hit y'all at the seven o'clock hour. That's me. I'm I'm there at seven. So <laughs> I can't be up there at night. Y'all be up there at midnight. I'm like, look, I'm going to bed, y'all. No, we still, a lot of times we, we'll be up late. Like I remember, I think it was um, Randy. Randy had her room open last Friday and her room was open at like 4 p.m. like my time. And we were up until like 11 p.m. my time. And oh, no. we were just like um, <laughs> cracking up, talking smack, being silly and whatever. And then when we checked in before we all went off, like everybody was making jokes because um, Randy and Chris's son were watching anime and somebody else was doing something and somebody else was doing something. And then they were like, what are you, what you doing? I was like, oh, I was actually writing. And then they were like, he's <laughs> actually being productive. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we were all just making jokes and being silly. But yeah, sometimes we'll 
I mean, be up really late and sometimes we're like all of us are like yeah i'm falling asleep at my computer right now so i'm gonna head off i'm gonna see y'all later yeah, yeah that's me when y'all get to, when y'all start getting up to the 10 o'clock hour i'm like look i'm, I'm gonna go to bed y'all i gotta go to bed <laughs> but i do get right and done at least and same for me with my debut i was definitely word makers help push me through um along with the i love the, your cover by the way and i cannot wait for your book to come out i cannot wait okay <laughs> once again when people come on this podcast it is about y'all it is not about me this podcast is about y'all. It's talking about your books, not mine. <laughs> so I, I, am saying, I am looking forward to it because I think that's a really, like they're architects, right? And I was like, that's that's a unique idea. I love that. I love that because I don't think I've seen that in a minute. Monique. Ooh. Okay, I'm sorry. Buy where there's smoke, there's fire. The ebook is available. Go to my website, moniquefisherauthor.com, all one word. <laughs> Okay, so now that we at the end of almost the end of the interview and Monique has gone off the rails, we are going to talk about a little rapid fire questions, okay, a little this or that. Um, and you give me the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, so do you like writing heroes or villains? Villains are fun. <laughs> villains are a lot of fun. I yeah as far as comic books are concerned uh as far as romance is concerned you know the, the romantic hero but as far as comic books are concerned the villains i love villains oh yeah ones. the villains are way better in comics they got more backstory dr um, doom is dr doom is my man that's like my favorite villain of all time <laughs> really you're a doom person i do he's he is a wizard and a scientist and he runs a country that's just fucking awesome <laughs> i i really am a Kane the conqueror i i am a Kane the conqueror fan He's a he's a cool villain too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll talk about that offline. Anyway, <laughs> love scenes or dramatic arguments? Hmm. Dramatic arguments are interesting, and they are like like they kind of get to the meat of the story. But mm-hmm. I'm scared for a good love scene. I love I love writing sex scenes too, because a lot mm-hmm. of people they find it hard. But I'm just like I love writing sex scenes. I will I have music. I have particular songs that I listen to whenever I write sex scenes. Like if it's super duper freaky, mm-hmm. freaky, then I'll um. Oh, what's that song by uh, Tania Taylor? And it's featuring um Diddy's son. Oh, Tiana Taylor. Yeah, Tiana Taylor. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I listen to that. Like if I'm doing something super freaky, like you know he's licking her ass or something. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's like something that's like sweet and gentle, love making or whatever, then I gotta go with Queen Janet. And the song is "Take Care." It's off of her 20YO album. Oh yeah, I like that song. Yeah. yeah, so I'll play that if I'm doing something that's nice and sensual. I'll, I'll play that. If it's a pussy eating scene, then I'll play "Pressure" by Ali. By Ali. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you got songs for specific acts. <laughs> songs for specific acts with Monique. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, so, sex scenes are not hard to write for you. So, what are the hardest scenes for you to write? Uh Honestly, as fun as it is, sometimes banter is a little hard for me. <laughs> yeah, I um I love banter and I love reading it and I do love writing it, but there's times where I kind of feel like I oh you know what this is getting a bit too wordy. They're just like rambling now. Let me mm-hmm. stop mm-hmm. make this a little. It's because banter to me is supposed to be like you know snappy. And right, there's times right. I'll just because I, I my original thing was I started off as a playwright and there's mm-hmm. tons of dialogue in plays so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to just kind of cut cut that off <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah it, that's something that I, I 
kind of struggle yeah, I, with it. I have fun doing it, but I kind of struggle with it too. See, Monique, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to talk to you offline as a beta reader because the person in my next my next book is a playwright. So oh cool. But yeah, but but anyway, we'll talk about it offline. <laughs> what is your favorite place to write? Um, in my living room, on my couch, covered by a blanket, drinking a cup of tea, and mm-hmm. I'll have either, what's it called, Lofi Girl or Lofi Girl, I'll have that on my TV on YouTube, or mm-hmm. this thing called, uh, literally called J, and then there's a space, Utah, I turn pressure onto it, is literally just a guy who travels around the world, and he's in his car, you don't see him, all you see is what he sees as he's mm-hmm. driving in different mm. cities all around the world. Mm, okay. So he's just driving uh, all throughout different cities and like the countryside or whatever. He'll be in mm-hmm. Switzerland, he'll be in Cape Town, he'll be wherever. And you'll just see everything that he's seeing as he's driving. And for me, I don't know why, but I find that really soothing. So mm. I'll have like music on and depending on the type of scene that I'm writing, I'll that really informs well, like what I'm listening to. And I'll just have like a nice cup of tea, a blanket on my couch, uh, living room lights off, and I'll just write. That's kind of like what I like to do. Mm, okay. So you answered some of my other questions about like last romance novel you read and this music helps you write. But you being in a form where well, you do write screenplays rather than being in television. Um, if your book became a movie, who would you want to play the leads? Honestly, I would want... Um, I don't actually have anybody specific in mind. Mm-hmm. I would want like maybe some newer actors, like somebody who's not well known mm-hmm. to play Kara and Aaron. Cause mm-hmm. Aaron in my mind is like kind of a Morris Chestnut type, but Morris Chestnut is like, I think in his fifties or something. Yeah, when the book starts, Aaron is 22. And when the book ends, he's 37. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would definitely want a Morris Chestnut type <laughs> for him. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, for Kara, I'm not sure what the, I think the type for her that I would want is um, a Sasha Fox type. So Vanessa Williams' youngest daughter with Rick yeah, Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know she's, yeah. Yeah, so kind of a Sasha Fox type. Okay, okay. Yeah, she's beautiful, beautiful girl. Um, where would you like, to see romance novels go or continue in the, in the next decade? Honestly, I just want to see me and my friends just be able to, um, just be able to do this for a living. I want people to understand that art, whether it's in written form, whether it's drawn or whatever, it's, I feel like people just kind of take art for granted and they just kind of see it as something like that's entertainment, but it's like, you know, people put their heart and their soul into this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why all this um, AI bullshit that's happening right now. Yeah. Um, I told Lenny, I said, look, you're going to do my covers until you're sick of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and like, that's for like my romance novels. I want Lenny to do that. If for like, if I do erotica, then I'm going to um, probably have somebody else do it. But um, I'm definitely going to have somebody who is an artist do it, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's yeah. photography, whether it's using a model or what have you. Yeah. But, you know, definitely for my rom- my um, romance novels, you know, me and Lenny are going to be rolling until the wheels fall off. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I want people to be able to not have to worry about, 
oh, you know what? I have to have a nine to five in order to supplement my income because mm-hmm. writing doesn't pay enough. Or mm-hmm. I have to be married to somebody who has a stable career. That way I can have health insurance because, you know, writing doesn't provide that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want that anymore. I don't want that. I don't, I don't, I ne- I don't I've never wanted that. I shouldn't say anymore. I don't want that period. I don't yeah. want that for any of us. I want us to be able to sustain ourselves financially and be able to have health insurance and be able to take care of our families without having to have, you know, a backup plan. I want, you know, what we do to be what we do. We should be able to just spend time, you know, in our li- nice little reading nook or writing nook, just typing away, making stories and making, um, you know, making people laugh, making people cry, making people love our work without having to worry about like, oh, but I got this going on and oh, I got to go to work and oh, I got this, I got to do that. It's, I just want writing to be given the same type of, you know, respect that most other professions are given. Like you've you've never heard of, you know, a doctor or a lawyer who's like, oh, I got to do this uh, on the side in order to, <laughs> right, right. Like, no, that's their job. <laughs> that's their career. I, I would like for people to just have writing as their career and not have to have like, you know, a side thing in order to supplement that. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to have a side thing that's related to writing, like being a beta reader or being a proofreader or an editor, that's fine. Yeah. You know, if yeah. that's something you want to do, then that's fine. But I would like for all of us to just be able to, you know, write for a living and have that be what we do (laughs) absolutely absolutely so my last question is when it's all said and done and you've written like a ton of screenplays and treatments for tv and novels and graphic novels what do you want folks to say about what do you want readers to say about the books and the things that you've written what i want to be remembered for yes um I want to be remembered for um, creating interesting worlds with, you know, thought-provoking characters. And I also want to be remembered, uh, I want people to think of me the same way I think of Mildred Taylor. I was a 10-year-old girl when I read Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. Mm. Like I said, that book stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And I want... Um, even though what I write isn't for kids, <laughs> I want people to read what I write and then to think, you know, this sister did it. I think I want to do it too. Mm-hmm. You know, I want, I want to inspire young black writers, particularly young black women to um, get a notebook, pick up a pen, get yourself a laptop, do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just people do want it. to hear your stories. People want to hear your voice. Do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been fun, 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 Monique, fun. Let the people know where they can find you and find your books, uh, find you on social media and where they can buy all of your books. Okay, I am under MoFi, and that's M as in Mary, O as in Ocean, F as in Fish, Y as in Yo-Yo, N as in Nancy, E as an Elephant on Instagram, and I'm under Fisher Mofine <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> yes. And my um, website, like I said, is moniquefisherauthor.com, all one word. And you can go ahead and you can buy my book. It's available on uh, ebook on Kindle. And you can go ahead and you can buy it right now. <laughs> yes. And please do so. And please leave a review. <laughs> yes, yes. Not a negative one. Not a negative <laughs> one, no. Because <laughs> we don't read negative reviews. 
Yo, it's just, uh, we're all just, we're about positivity here. <laughs> yes, we are about positivity. All right, thank you, Monique. This has been awesome. And God bless you. And I hope everything that you want, everything that you touch, everything that you solidify turns to, to gold and green. <laughs> thank you, Tashi. You're welcome. Up next, our What is Book Taught reading segment with Janae, a.k.a. Nays Days. Hi, my name is Janae, and um, I was asked to talk about what I have been reading, uh, mainly romance, especially diverse romance that's POC-led, and I'm happy to do that. Um, so first of all, you can find me on TikTok, or BookTok as the kids say, at um, Nays Days, so that's N-A-E-S-D-A-Z-E, or you can find me on Storygraph, um, and we can be book buddies, uh, at Janae, J-A-N-A-E. Uh, so the first book that I read this year that was kind of a diverse POC-focused romance that I really loved was called Take a Hint, Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert. Um, it was a really sweet story uh, with great character development, lovable characters. Um, their flaws were on display, but they, you know, brought them closer together, which is the hallmark of a great romance. That's really re what I really love about romance um, and fantasy. You know, they're both their own kind of magic. And um, it's the dark things that really bring people together. Um, but this story isn't dark. It's light. It's happy. It's energetic, um, a little emotional, but um, I got through it pretty quickly. I read it as an audiobook. Um, so I would just, I would highly recommend it. I gave it a 4.75. Um, and if you're someone who really likes tropes in their romances, this is um, a fake dating trope. And if you really like to know who the characters are that you're getting into, we've got a strong handsome um I believe he's a South Asian man um but he has anxiety and then you know so he's kind of you know emotionally sensitive and a thick beautiful intelligent bisexual black woman um and that is the couple and uh, it was absolutely adorable I loved it so another romance that I read this year I mean or romance focused story is Saga I have read volumes one through eight um, and this is a graphic novel it's by Brian K Vaughn and Fiona Staples um, incredible story I say romance focused because it's not necessarily it's not a romance in the traditional sense it's not a contemporary romance but love is at the heart of the story romantic love and it is um, between two warring um, I guess species is what you would say um, the man is from a magical fantasy planet and the woman is from a, um, a high-tech sci-fi world and they come together and they, um, they fall in love. Um, I believe that, you know, in a fantasy or sci-fi story, a lot of times, um, the races don't ne ne necessarily correlate to what we have in our world, but I believe that the male lead is, um, I believe he is kind of patterned after, um, the uh, Asian races on earth. Don't know if that was a good way to say that or not. <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
And uh, the woman, I mean, I believe that she is white, but there are a lot of diverse characters in the series. Um, I mean, it's kind of the true definition of diversity. There's really every character of every size, shape, gender, sexuality that you could possibly imagine in every part of this story. Um, there is a black uh, woman main character that comes in a little later on. Um, there is... Um, there's a trans character that comes in a little little later on. So like I said, all kinds of diversity in this. And um, it was definitely, I rated it a five. Um, it was an incredible story, beautiful art. Keeping in the fantasy theme, we have The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin. I was recommended this book from the front to back, top to bottom of TikTok. People would not stop talking about it. And you know what? they were right. It's incredible. I gave it a five, five stars. Um, so this is not a romance focused book. Once again, um, not as romance heavy as the first two, um, stories are, but there is a strong subplot that is about, basically it is about, um, basically the lives that are being lived have a lot of romance in them and it talks about like the love that comes in and out of life you know and how it can take you by surprise and the people that you grow to love um there's a throuple not just it's not a I mean it's not really a spoiler because you're not going to see it coming um well I guess you will now but <laughs> there's a throuple and I wouldn't call it a spoiler because it doesn't tell you anything major about the series. Um, and in that throuple, I believe everyone in that throuple is um, coded as a brown or black character. Um, it is also, they also, several of the characters are queer. Um, there is a main trans character as well, but that um, she's not in the throuple. Um, but just saying for the diversity of the book itself. Um, so I, I wouldn't say go into it looking for romance, but know that romance will, will be there. Then taking the mood of the list down a little bit, but still with a kind of a hopeful and really poignant, um, piece to it is they both die at the end by Adam Silvera. I believe his name is, um, this book was really sad. So don't read it if you are not in a mindset to be a little bit introspective, a little philosophical, but not, you know, not too deep or anything like that. You know, it's still a YA, but it is, um, it's really, it's really beautifully written. Um, some of the emotions can feel a little forced, but overall, by the end of the book, you really care about these characters. Um, they are both, it's some young men of color that fall in love on their last day on earth. Oh, guys, it, it made me really sad. So, definitely recommend that um but let's let's not end on a sad note let's bring it up with one more quick recommendation because I didn't realize a sad book was my last one so um real quick shout out to The Queen's Fool by Philippa Gregory this wasn't on my list but I figure I've got a little bit of time to tell you about it it is about a Jewish woman um under the reign of I believe it might be Queen Elizabeth the first um one of them Tudor queens back in the day, one of them, you know, or it might've been Queen Mary. I don't know. One of them Tudors. Um, so her, yeah, it's about a Jewish woman who is, um, at that time, the Jewish people are very persecuted in, uh, in England. And so she has to hide her identity 
Um, and she is going about her life with this hidden identity, trying to make a name for herself and trying to find love in this world. Incredibly romantic, the relationships in this. I mean, ugh, beautiful. Loved it so much. So that is what Book Talk is reading, or my corner of Book Talk anyway, aka me. And I hope that you check out some of these books and enjoy them and come yell at me on TikTok about how great they are. And also thank you to Tati for giving me the opportunity to speak on her platform. I want to thank my guests, Monique Fisher and Janae, a.k.a. Nays Days. Thank you guys for coming and joining us on Romance and Color for another week. We don't take your support lightly. We appreciate you so much. Um, we want to also send a special shout out to my podcast partner, Yakini, as she uh, recovers uh, from her uh, injuries that she sustained. Um, and we hope that she's feeling better. In the meantime, you all follow us on social media. On Instagram, we're at Romance in Color. That's I in color with a U. On Twitter, we're at Romance, the letter N, and color with a U. And you can follow me, Tati Richardson, everywhere on social media. That's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, like you name it. I am everywhere at Richard Writes On. That's Richard, W-R-I-T-S-O-N, Writes On. And my debut novel, The Build Up, from Karina Press, a rom-com, will be out March 28th. And it's available right now on NetGalley if you would like to... uh, uh, get an arc of it. Also, I uh, want to send love and prayers to the family of uh, Stephen Twitch Boss, uh, who uh, passed away today. Um, we're sending love and light to his family. And we know the holiday season is upon us. And it is a time where a lot of us are lonely, a lot of us are hurting, a lot of us are feeling blue and sad and if there's ever anyone you want to talk to please reach out please reach out um, to a counselor or a friend or a pastor or someone who you can uh, unashamedly uh, lay your burdens down to Um, the world is too big and too wide for you to uh, carry your burdens alone that being said you all be safe Take care, God bless, and I will see you all next week.